The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hello there, everybody. My mic was muted. That's what happens when you get like three hours of sleep in the last 29 hours. But welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. The matchmaking hats are back on following a pretty chaotic and memorable, and in some cases, history-making UFC 295 event last night at Madison Square Garden. We have two new champions. Their names are Alex Pereira and Tommy Aspinall, the new interim heavyweight champion. We'll talk about what's next for them, their opponents, and some of the other tastemakers from the UFC's return to New York. I am Mike Heck, and as you can see, tonight, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the prince of positivity, and my best friend, the incomparable Alexander Kaylee, AK. How we doing? And look, I think your gymnastic scale prediction or threshold if you will was an 8.8 i have a feeling this might have surpassed that it can't technically that's not how gymnastics ah. works mike it just means it was an eight, it just means it was an 8.8 out of 8.8 it nailed it it nailed it uh yeah it was a really good card it was a really good card i i don't i should always remind people i don't define you know the quality of a card by the number of finishes you could possibly have you know multiple great like decisions and stuff like that but this was a case where you had uh, all these great finishes on the main card, and it was with quality matchmaking. It wasn't like we're getting first round knockouts, first round submissions just because someone's like a a minus eight hundred favorite over whoever. Um, these were good matchups, and 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 you felt you didn't feel robbed, you know, with one of these finishes. It wasn't like ah, oh, I wish I'd gotten you know five rounds of Aspinall Pavlovich. I wish I'd gotten five rounds of Andrade Dern. I mean, those would have been interesting in their own way, but the fact that we got like a definitive winner in all those fights, uh, well, there'll be some controversy with. Uh, 
with the main event. I think we can, we'll talk about that soon. But for the most part, a a finish, a definitive winner in these fights uh, is very appealing. So yeah, I understand people if uh, if they had this higher on paper and if they think this is one of the best cards of the year. Definitely one of the easiest to watch. Really brisk. Uh, it felt like we were done earlier than usual talking about work-wise, like MMA fighting work-wise. I don't, I don't know if we actually were, right, Mike? I think they spaced the event apart, like the fights apart that it still ended around the same time. But it just felt really easy to watch and really easy to process and everything. It was uh, it was very, very enjoyable. Yeah, there was like 10 minutes of fights, like 10 minutes of actual <laughs> fighting on the main card. It was absolutely insane. So, yeah, I mean, because the press conference took forever – because everyone got 5,000 questions, it didn't seem like the card ended as early because we still had to wait for the press conference and do the post-fight show. I, th- I don't think we started the post-fight show until like 3.15 a.m. Eastern time. So, yeah, it was a typical pay-per-view night. Like we said, we have two new champions. We will start with the main event. So basically how this is going to work, we're going to go through the five main card fights. We will match make for all four of the title competitors, the main card winners outside of those fights. And then we'll have a wild card pick. And then at the very end for about 10 or so minutes, uh, we'll just go to the chat. We'll pull up your matchmaking suggestions and we'll react to as many as we can until I have to check out of this hotel room and get ready to fly home, uh, to beautiful South Carolina. So AK Pereira does the damn thing, becomes a two division champion in the UFC, along with being a two division champion in glory. He's going to be a glory hall of famer. And just as 11th pro MMA fight, just a seventh UFC fight. The man has broken the rankings. He's broken the sport as we know it. He's broken how you emerge to such a level has done this faster than anybody else has done it. A lot of people are kind of questioning the stoppage, but when Yuri Prohashka himself doesn't question the stoppage kind of takes some of the, the luster off of that idea. But Second round finish for Pereira, gets the job done, calls out Israel Adesanya, which I thought was absolutely friggin' genius on his part. Does he get that fight? Dana White said, we're going to do Jamal Hill, but it's not like Jamal Hill suffered a sprained elbow. He ruptured his Achilles. He's going to be out for a while. I'll be shocked if he fights anytime before like International Fight Week, and even that might be a little bit optimistic. So with this new champion being crowned, do we wait for Jamal Hill? Do we do Izzy or do we do something else and just get Alex in there with somebody else and just keep this momentum going? Well, clearly Pereira watches uh, onto the next one and or other fine MMA fighting programs because we have talked about the possibility of him winning the title and fighting Izzy. I think I brought up onto the next one. I don't know if I made it an official pick, uh, but it's certainly a possibility I've mentioned. And I felt like it was something that made sense for both parties. There was a lot of talk of them maybe doing an immediate rematch after their second MMA fight, right? And then it got shot down pretty quickly because Pereira was like, well, I'm, prob- I'm probably moving up. And Izzy, you know, was very much like, well, I won the most recent fight. I won it pretty definitively. I feel like this feud is over. He carried that over on, on Saturday night as well. People saw his tweets. He's just kind of like, eh. It doesn't sound like he's enthusiastic to fight uh, Alex Pereira anytime soon. doesn't sound like he's enthusiastic to fight anyone soon. If he's being honest about wanting to take a break. He says 2027. I somehow doubt that. I mean, he has other interests in his life. It's possible. Uh, and we've seen fighters take long breaks where, like, they're gone for two or three years. And then we're suddenly like, wow, like, this guy hasn't fought like some big stars, right? Like, this guy hasn't fought since whenever, whenever, whenever. So uh, I, I, I strongly want to see him fight Izzy. But I'm also believing that Izzy is going to stand by his uh, I want to take a break. If not, not for three years, I don't think. But maybe at least a year. It would surprise me if he didn't take at least a year off. He deserves it. He needs it. 
just for physically, mentally, I think it'd be good for him to do that. Um, and again, a light heavyweight title shot might be waiting for him anyway. But Pereira is the best storyline. But if he comes back, bulks up, and he's like a real makes a real shot at two hundred five, he'd get a light heavyweight title shot anyway. So and and if Pereira is still the champion, and you just lock that in. So I did go with Jamal Hill, even though Jamal could be gone just as long as uh, Izzy. You know, assuming Izzy comes back sooner than twenty twenty seven. Um, I tried to look up like you know Achilles tendon rupture, you know a little web emptying. Mike, I saw like four to six weeks, and I'm like uh, four to six months. Excuse me, not four to six weeks. Four to six months. He got injured in July. Theoretically, by you know end of first quarter 2024, he could be ready to compete again. But that's like best case scenario. That's assuming that he's you know got the best rehab possible, which is which is <clears throat> excuse me guys, which I imagine he does. He's also young. He's a, a fine, great athlete. Like he's in great shape. So I do think he could come back sooner rather than later if he wants to. The question is, should he feel like he needs to push himself back uh, to get that to get a shot at it? And I don't think he should necessarily have to do that. Should not have to rush back. So uh, that is my pick. That's a bit magic wandy, but I'm not in. I'm not married to either the Adesanya or the Jamal Hill pick. I'm going with Jamal Hill just because I feel like this is the unique. I'd like to see him beat the last guy to hold the belt before him. Uh, talking about Alex Pereira. Um, but other than that, uh, I'm not like, I'm not, I feel, don't feel super strong about it. There's just not anyone else that has a strong case though, that he can fight in the next like four months. I feel like um, unless Rakic beat you on Blachowicz, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't sure. So I'm going with Jamal Hill. I'm going Jamal Hill as well, but I'm not ruling out this Izzy thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not ruling it out. I think we're going to have to wait until January 20th to kind of figure this out. Because I know Izzy said he's going to take some time off. I, I think 2027 was obviously a joke. Um, but let's just say UFC 3, like if they do, if the UFC does the double bite of the apple and they do UFC 300 without Connor, so they could put Connor in another card and get like two big buy rates, Izzy versus Pereira 3 at 205 would be gigantic. However, if Drickus Duplass C beats Sean Strickland at UFC 297, I feel like you have to do DDP Izzy. Like you've already had the chance to do it and you didn't do it. I feel like you kind of have to do it now. And I think Izzy would take that fight and be all about it. But if Sean Strickland ends up winning, is there going to be any sort of appetite for Sean Strickland versus Israel Adesanya too? No, especially with Hamzat Shabayev out there. So I think it's, I think they're just going to have to wait for Jamal Hill unless the UFC like headlines a show in Brazil or something or somewhere close to Danbury, Connecticut, and they need Pereira to headline, then maybe you just throw in Johnny Walker just for like a new opponent and have some fun just to keep him active. But yeah, Jamal Hill's one of the most intriguing fights of 2024 now with Alex Pereira. So I'm with you. It's not a friends forever moment. No, it's really a two horse race. Here. Yeah. And, and this fight, we, we, we said a lot of our lead up to this, um, event the chatter was you know will this event help to bring some stability to two divisions and we'll talk about heavyweight in a, you know in a minute and i and i think to the most like stable matchup we want is jamal hill versus alex but it feels like it brings some sort of balance back um just because again jamal did win the title from or win a title you know it wasn't like lineal or anything but won a title from glover he didn't get a chance to defend it it's a really interesting matchup with alex Pereira. so that's what we hope will happen, but gosh, it still feels like we have some chaos ahead of us. Like if Izzy does come back, if Izzy beats Pereira, then Sean Strickland suddenly has to be thinking like, hey, maybe I go up to 205 and go after And then suddenly we're just in chaos all over again. So hopefully it is just Jamal Hill and we get a winner in that fight and 
light heavyweight can actually just have normal title defenses and contenders, but I'm not, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can guarantee that. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen. This division remains very chaotic, hmm. at least for the time being. So we shall see how it plays out. Now for Yuri Prohashka, tough fight for the comeback. He'd been out for a while. He was doing a lot of Yuri things. It was in, such an intense fight. The, the stare down beforehand might've been the best I've ever seen without actual pushing and shoving and eating 18,000 security guards in the octagon. But Yuri's just one of those dudes that you could just match him up with anybody and you're just going to watch. And with this division being so weird and with Jamal Hill sort of lingering, I kind of feel like Yuri will take not like a huge break, but I feel like they're going to rebook the, I don't know. It's kind of like a three man tournament, maybe a four man, depending on what happens with Rakic and Bohovic. But we got Magomed Ankalaev and Johnny Walker. I have a feeling they're just going to run that one back since the first one ended in such a weird way. I'm going to throw Yuri in there at the winner of that fight. I mean, but it really doesn't matter. Yuri versus anybody at 205 absolutely rules. But let's just kind of keep Yuri in an interesting spot because even, <clears throat> even if he fights Ankalaev or Johnny Walker and he wins, if they just rebook this Pereira fight again and just ran it back, like who's going to complain about that? I like – with the stoppage and the questions about it, which I honestly didn't have a huge issue with the stop stoppage. A lot of people did, but at least you have something here. And this could be like the beginning of just a really fun long-term rivalry between just two super interesting martial artists with personalities that don't involve a lot of trash talk. This would just be kind of crazy. So yeah, give me Yuri versus the ankle life. Uh, Johnny Walker, two winner magic wanding. That fight is not made, but I have a feeling they're going to remake it. And then we'll go from there. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like the um, the first thing that came to my mind was will they do Pedetta Prohashka too? Like just run it back because there were so many people complaining about the stoppage. Which fair, it's an early stoppage. As I always say, not all early stoppages are bad stoppages. It doesn't mean the same thing. Um, but I get why people are upset. Uh, they want to see it continue. I said it, I said it myself on Twitter. I, I would have liked to see it continue a little bit. But replays, I think, actually vindicated Mark Goddard a lot. I think you could see how out of it. Um, Yidi was even if just for even if just for a moment even if just for a moment I do think falling back kind of woke him up a little bit it, it's it's so tough because so many of these knockdowns um and near finishes it kind of depends where they happen because if this hadn't been against the fence if if uh Pereira catches him with that shot like close to the middle of the cage uh middle of the octagon and he's not and, and he's able to sort of circle out that shot probably makes Yuri fall flat in his face. Like that sort of shot, like his, that wasn't really, like it was kind of a takedown attempt, but he also kind of just fell into Alex Pereira. If Alex Pereira isn't there, he just kind of falls in his face and it looks way worse. But because they're against the cage, he's, he falls against Alex Pereira, they kind of fall back against the cage and he he gets a second to gather himself and he's then he just kind of pushed back. I'm okay with the stoppage. I just don't know if it was going in. And he, he ate a bunch of those elbows to the head while he was sort of holding on to Pereira. So I'm okay with the stoppage. I also understand people being upset. I understand people want to want to see them run it back, and that is such a logical option because, as we kind of just said with the Pineda pick, what light heavyweights are ready to to get up there? So yeah, there's a few people in the mix, but also those fights have to shake out Walker Ankalaev when that gets rebooked. Uh, and I went with similar vein, like I went with the Blachowicz uh, Rakic winner, the rematch winner. We just saw that announced for uh, 297, and I and I picked that one because that fight feels like. It has to have some stakes for the winner. And the winner's not getting a title shot, I don't think. So the next best thing, I think, is getting the guy who's somewhat still the number one contender. So I went with uh, Prohashka versus Blakovic and Rakic 2 winner. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Rockage could sneak in there. Yeah, because it's at least fresh. a fresh matchup. Yeah, he's fresh. But yeah, weird division. That's where we're at right now. <laughs> the NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Speaking of weird divisions, heavyweight gets a little more interesting. Tommy Aspinall becomes the interim heavyweight champion needed just over a minute to knock out Sergey Pavlovich. That was absolutely insane. And Tom Aspinall gets a big moment, got the attention of John Jones, at least got a tweet out of John congratulating him for the victory, which if Sergey Pavlovich got a knockout, I'm not really sure if he would have gotten that, but there's a lot of theories behind this. Who is he setting up another fight? No, I think this is John just being like, Hey, you might have this quote unquote interim title, but you know who the, the real big, dog is here in this fight it's me i'm freaking john jones so Aspinall's in an interesting spot ak because we have cyril god who's been sort of in this weird place since beating sergey spivak a lot of people kind of wanted him to to make a move and make a bold statement and he was just like nah i ain't fighting anybody unless it's for the belt cyril obviously tweeted at Aspinall. you have jailton almeida you have all these other guys you have John and Stipe potentially going to be fight, So it's going to be a mess for a little while. So what happens to Tom Aspinall? Is he going to defend this interim title before John Jones and Stipe do the damn thing? What's going to happen here? Who is Tom going to fight again, if you had to guess? 
Yeah, I think he has to defend it. Uh, all, all the credit in the world to him for, for trying to speak the John Jones fight into existence and really only mostly doing it upon the insistence of the media. I, I, we know he wants it, but it was brought up a lot. If anyone watched the pre-fight, if anyone watched the post-fight, a lot of it is the media bringing up John Jones, bringing up John Jones over and over again, as as, as we should, as you know, that is our job. So, And uh, uh, Tom Aspinall played along beautifully, saying, this is my dream fight. You take that fight to Manchester. You take that fight to London, you know, Wembley Stadium. You really got yourself a stew going. So I I, I wanted to crystal ball that pick. Uh, sorry, not crystal ball, excuse me. Magic won that pick so badly, Mike, but I just, it's not realistic i think jones and steve are so locked in uh to fighting each other and unless the ufc again you know writes a fat check uh in addition to what john's already getting paid to take this fight i don't think he's that interested and it would have to be a lot because he, he's made a good amount of money in mma he's made a good amount of money in mma money is not his main concern it, it's every man has a price but that price would, i think would have to be really high to tell him hey go to go to london or go to Manchester uh, to fight Tom Aspinall. It's it's interesting to him, but it's nowhere near as interesting as the Bay fight. He wants that fight in his resume. He loves the idea of knocking off the heavyweight coach. So couldn't go there. Had to go with the guy that Aspinall kind of shot down. He wanted to fight him before. And then he's like, well, you know, I'm the champ now. This guy should come after me. So I think they have to book him and Steve Gone. It's really the only option left uh, for Tom's next title defense, which I assume will be in England. Um, even if it's a big fight in Las Vegas, I think Cito Gone makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, no, I, boring answer. He should fight. I want to see the John Jones fight. I hope it happens down the road, but I can't imagine a world where it's next for Tom Aspinall. So, gone it is. So, Jed had a suggestion on the post-fight show. I don't know if you heard this, but Jed said, we all as an MMA community should all have the same narrative that John is scared of Tom Aspinall. Like, everybody, fans, media, the fighters, everybody needs to come together and be like, John... <laughs> You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to fight Tom Aswell because you're scared. And then maybe like John's ego will take over if we all kind of throw that narrative at him and it's unanimous. I, I kid, but that's what Jed said. And I thought that was like maybe the take of the year, right? If, there, if, if we ever needed a Dana, a Dana, I don't know. You know, I guess he doesn't want to fight. I guess he's scared. If we ever needed one of those, Dana, last night was the night. Last night was the night to go. But no, he, he was so he was so agreeable with Jones Miocic. Like, I think he very calmly answered a question about it. He was like, nope. That's the fight they want. That's the fight they want. That's the fight they're going to get. That's, they both want it. I'm like, when has what the fighters want ever been this important to you, uh, Dana? But he also sees dollar signs in the matchup, so whatever. But I, I wish he had called John scared. That would have just been hilarious. Would have been hilarious. He's going to fight. Tom Aspel is going to fight Cyril Gone. Mm. It's not going to happen in Paris. It's going to happen in either London or Manchester, somewhere in the UK. Tom's going to be. It's going to be a main event fight. Tom's going to look like a star because if he's going to. If he's going to pique John's interest at all, that needs to happen, and Tom needs to win, and he needs to come out looking like an absolute superstar. And you're not going to be able to do that anywhere else besides London or Manchester. Manchester would be the better spot because that's closer to home. If you could do a stadium show or something in that area and have Tom in the main event and Leon or something like that would be awesome for him. But, yeah, it's him and Gon, and Gon actually in a weird way played this well, <laughs> which I – haven't said at all him just kind of sitting out and be like, nah, I ain't doing anything. So that is Tom Aspinall. Can I, Oh, can I throw out a question? Yeah. Can I throw out a question? This is for a later show guys. I we can, I can, we can, we can answer in the, how people can answer in the comments as well, since we're doing this live, but I will read out uh, any interesting answers. Uh, Kaposa, the great Kaposa, I think phrased it best. He tweeted uh, earlier. I'm dying to know who needs needs capital letters to see Jones deep at this point. I understand the legacy angle, 
But who are these people that are demanding it? It's not 2018. So guys, if you are out there and you are looking, you're you want Jones TV for some reason, please let me know. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Alexander K. Lee. DM me or at me. I don't care. I am I am curious who this fight is for at this point, and uh, I will read some of the best answers on uh, on to the next one next uh, next week. I guess. I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's for John. It's for Steve A. <laughs> They're for it's families. for Dana White. Dana it's White, for yeah. the UFC because of the business that fight will do. Because uh, uh, you'll get a casual. But that's really it. Like, we we're all, all of us that were in this room right now who are watching this program live or will be listening after. Like, what we got last night, that's what we demanded. That's what we wanted. That's, this, that was, last night was our card. It wasn't for the casuals. It was for us. And it delivered in spades. And now we have to go to Sergey Pavlovich, who had just this incredible run, six-fight win streak, all first-round finishes. Seemed like he just had this death touch and he couldn't lose. And then Tom Aspinall just kind of melts him and gets him right out of there. So a lot of people wondering where Alexander Volkov fits in all of this. And I think Pavlovich Volkov would be a crazy-ass fight. I think that's a that's a good one. I think that's a good one. Could headline at the Apex if needed. If they... Do a little traveling internationally. Could do that there. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I went with. I think Volkov sort of deserves a big fight, and this would be a big fight. Yeah, my best friend. I think that's one uh, people had looked at when Pavlovich was coming up as well. I don't mind it. I think that's it's good. Uh, Volkov, again, somehow just keeps finding ways to he, – he'll take a big loss and come back, win two fights, three fights, and, and uh, find himself against one of these top names. Uh, I went a different direction. I kind of did what you did with the um, Ankalaev Walker pick. I did a little crystal balling here. I hope that they re- that they just rebook Jelton Almeida, Curtis Blades. Um, that's the fight we want to see after Almeida's divisive win over Derek Lewis. Might be a nice way to put it. Some people would say just a boring as hell win. I'll go with divisive since I didn't think it was um, the worst thing ever. But uh, that fight I think needs to happen. And soon, I, I assuming if Curtis's injury isn't too severe, hopefully we see that again January, uh, not January, but February, March, maybe April, the latest, fingers crossed. And then uh, Pavlovich will have uh, taken some time by then to recover from this devastating loss and take the winner of that fight. Because I, I, I think Jalton for sure needs one more test. If, even if he beats Blades, I don't know if that's against him a title shot right away, especially with the whole jones Stipe situation, all this other blah, 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 blah stuff. So, um, yeah, I could see him fighting one of those guys. Yeah, everyone wants him to get out of the Apex. I got news for you guys. They ain't getting out of the Apex. <laughs> they ain't getting out of the... We won't get Apex shows, like, probably as much as we got this year, but we're still going to get them. Like, we're going to be in the Apex at least once a month. I saw one of the MMA fighting comments, like, we should write a petition. The fans should write a petition to take them out of the Apex. I'm like, yeah, that'll stop. Yeah, that's that's yeah. A strongly worded letter is going to make the UFC leave the uh, stop holding shows at the Apex. Good, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, if we get a hundred signatures, maybe they'll oh, listen yeah. to us. Yeah, it's really it. gonna. It's really gonna be like, oh yeah, I don't even think about that. Oh man, let's go to the y'all must have forgot moment of UFC 295. Jessica Andrade, who started the year just drubbing up Lauren Murphy, and then three straight losses to very very good opponents. And gets this fight with Mackenzie Dern. And during the people's pre-fight show yesterday, heading into the event, someone asked who on the main card had the most to lose. And and obviously with the four title combatants, you can make a case for either of them. But I feel like a loss doesn't really knock Sergei Pavlovich out of title contention altogether. Doesn't knock Yuri Prohashka out of title contention altogether. He never really technically lost the belt until last night. 
And I thought it was Mackenzie Dern. I thought Mackenzie Dern had the most to lose on this card because if she, she was ever going to get a title shot or at least sniff it anytime soon. Like she needed to be Jessica Andrade. She was in a really good spot to do it. This is probably her third chance to get to at least a number one contender fight. And she's fallen through the other two times, falls through again last night. Andrade snaps a three fight skid. She's back on track. Dern's going to be interesting to go, but obviously this is about Jessica Andrade after that dominant performance and finish. We know what uh, Jessica Andrade does, AK. She gets offers. She says yes. She doesn't think about it. And she takes tough fights against tough dams. And she does it in multiple divisions. So is she going to stay at strawweight, AK? The answer is no. She's going to go up to 125. And she's going to fight Macy Barber. Oh. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like it. Macy, was she tied to a fight recently? I can't remember. Not like not a fight coming up, but what was her most recent? Did she have to bow out of something? What's up with Macy? What was her? Where's she been? She beat the hell out of Amanda Hebos. Yeah. I think now, that's how it. Was, that was how long? It was ago? June. 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 Okay. Oh, wow. That's quite a quite, Yeah, it's a surprise. In my mind, I was like, I thought she had booked another fight already. That's been quite some, some time since then. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If you're Macy Barber, you should, well, I should say you should want that. Nobody should want that fight. Nobody should ever want to fight uh, Jessica Andrade coming off a performance like this. I, I think people smelled blood, uh, you know, during her sort of recent slump, uh, including Mackenzie Dern. I'm sure Mackenzie Dern was, you know, very cautious to want to take a matchup like this. But, you know, seeing her on a three-fight losing streak, you could kind of, you know, her team could be like, talk herself to this opportunity. And it's a big one. Right? This is a former, this is a former UFC heavyweight, uh, UFC heavyweight. UFC uh, strawweight champion, uh, flyweight title contender. If Mackenzie Dern had won, finally, this would have been that moment. Finally, Mackenzie Dern would have gotten over the hump. Now I find myself asking uh, all these, will, will Mackenzie Dern ever become a true contender questions again? Anyway, it's just exhausting. But uh, I'm keeping Jessica Andrade at 115. Mike, I thought there was actually a couple of compelling matchups. And I'd like to see her fight Marina Rodriguez. Just another top 10 person. And stay busy and keep those checks coming in. We'll see if she can... Uh, work her way to another title shot somehow. I mean, we know I'm I'm going with Macy Barber for one reason and one reason only because that is even that's not the correct answer. What you said is not the correct answer. What the suggestions in the comments are putting out there not the correct answer. There is only one correct answer, and I I've been saying this anytime both of these women have fought for the last like two years, and now if I just say somebody else maybe they'll actually make this fight because it is truly the only fight to make. It is Jessica Andrade versus Rose Namajunas 3. That is the fight. You could do it at 15. You could do it at 25. That's it. That's the fight. It's the fight. But I'm, I'm trying to reverse the, the negative juju here. But, yeah, good win for Andrade. Back on track. It's been Huge. a tough year for her and tough year for Dern as well. Man, when you, when you saw Dern couldn't get that, like, she tried one takedown early on, right? Yeah, and it wasn't Chris, good. Yeah, and when you saw that wasn't happening, you were like, "Oh, this this ain't good. This is a <laughs> oh boy." <laughs> and he, I had I had a friend who had turned as, as a last his last uh, leg on a parlay, and I was like, "I think I was like, I think you're pretty good." I was like, "Marina, uh, Marina, uh, Jessica Andrade has had some issues with like bigger grapplers," and I'm like, "Dern kind of fits that profile. Very athletic, bigger, definitely bigger than Jessica Andrade. Strong grappler." Then you see that first takedown get stuffed, and you're just like, "Oh, <laughs> oh man." I knew probably. <laughs> I knew with like 20 seconds left in the first round, this is not going to go well. Like Dermot moving around, throwing the jab. I'm like, oh, this is, this is kind of good. And then Andrade started landing those leg kicks. And you could tell like Dern's leg was battered and she was super uncomfortable. 
on the feet at that point. And then she shot for that like sort of last takedown and was and Andrade stuffed it. And you just saw her sort of she just backpedaled until she got dropped at the end of the first round. And then Andrade just kind of poured it on. When she smells blood, man, she's super tough. But great win for Andrade. And she's got a million options. She's she's actually very fun to match make on this show. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. She's so good. Let's go to the man that everybody wants to hear about right now. Benoit Santini with, I mean, I don't even know how to, that knockout was insane against Matt Frivola. It looked like we were going to get the chaos. And then he just kicked Matt Frivola halfway across the octagon. He landed one kick. Frivola flew in the air halfway across the octagon, got cut immediately. And Benoit Santini remains undefeated in the UFC at 155. He does have the loss to Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos. It was on short notice. I believe it was less than a week's notice at 170. But, man, lightweight Benoit Santini is going to be a ranked dude. He's going to be a problem. Calls out Justin Gaethje. Calls out Dustin Poirier. Calls out everybody at 155, planting some seeds. I don't think he's going to get either of those options, AK, but there are a lot of good ones for Benoit Santini. I kind of feel like he's going to be a tough guy to match make for if you're Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard, because I don't know how many of these big name lightweights are going to be like, yeah, let's go fight that dude. That sounds like a lot of fun. So what are we doing for BSD here, AK? I'm going to borrow an idea from my uh, aforementioned pal who uh, got screwed by that Mackenzie Duran leg on, on the parlay. Uh, I'll call him Stevie J for now. I'll let him keep his anonymity for the most part. Stevie J. Uh, that's not what we call him, but uh, Stevie J will, is what we will go with. Uh, he suggested Bobby Green, Dan Hooker winner. They're fighting UFC Austin December 2nd. Banger of a fight. It, it Now, Saint Denis has definitely leapt over both of them in the rankings. Don't get me wrong. This this is kind of a fight back, which is why I didn't love it. But I looked at the guys ahead of him, uh, ahead of Saint Denis in the rankings. And man, a lot of these guys he's just not going to get. Fazeev would be a dream fight, we, but he's injured. We just don't know when he's coming back. He's not getting the Sarukian Dariush winner. Uh, Michael Chandler's going to wait for Conor McGregor until he's an old. And he's either going to wait for Conor McGregor or he's just never going to fight again, apparently. So that fight's not going to happen. Uh, and I do love Hanata Moikano. I think I just said I want to see Moikano fight Gamrot. And Gamrot's also a good option. But I guess the only reason I didn't go with them is I did pick them in a previous Otno um, to fight each other. So I'm going to let that pick survive for now, even though it seems like then while Santini is going to might slide in there and take on one of them. I'm, I'm not sure how you, how you worked it out, Mike. Yeah. If I'm money Moicano, I don't think fighting Benoit Santini kind of goes into the whole money Moicano persona. <laughs> this is money Moicano is a prize fighter and this is not a prize fighty kind of a fight. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, Moicano, that'd be a sick fight, but I kind of feel like Moicano is like, eh, maybe I'll wait and see what other options come my way. I'm not suggesting he's scared or anything like that, but. For him, there's a, there's other options at 55 that get him over. Um, so again, this is not it's not about this pick right now for Otno. It's about the next one. And you're right. I don't think there's any other option right now. I think the Dan Hooker Bobby Green winner is the perfect pick. Neither of those guys are going to say no. Both those guys are just like I don't care who it is. Just put my name on the contract and I'll sign it. But I'm going to plant seeds for Benoit Santini's next fight. His Second, possibly third fight of 2024, AK. Whoa. Uh, Madison Square Garden, November of 2024. Benoit Santini is going to fight Rafael Fazeev. It is going to happen at Madison Square Garden, November 2024. It's not going to happen next, but both those guys, I think, uh, I don't know if Fazeev gets a fight in there beforehand 
after the injury he sustained. I'm going to say Fazee's return will be at Madison Square Garden, and he's going to fight Benoit Santini after what Benoit Santini begins his 2024 campaign doing. So there you go. Wow, There's a the year away. Point. A year away. Yes, this away. is like Roxena, baby. Fun. We're building this up Goodness for a year. Me. You're calling the card. You're calling the city. You're calling the matchup. So much can happen, my best. You know what? You're on the books. There'll be a hell of an auto point if you get this one, and it'd be an amazing fight for uh, for Madison Square Garden. So certainly cannot complain about it. A lot of Santini Gamrot suggestions. I don't think Gamrot's got to take that fight, um, especially coming off a win over Fazeev. If Charles Oliveira loses to Islam Makachev, like I definitely feel like that's a fight the UFC could make for Matush Gamrot and throw him in there with Charles Oliveira. So, I mean, there's... There's lots of options right now. We'll see what happens. I think everybody wants to see Benoit Santini. I think in terms of stock risers, I think BSD is probably the winner of that contest from where he was heading into where he is now. I think he made a lot of fancy potential believers into full-on believers. And this that was just a violent, violent performance. Let's go to Diego Lopez, AK. Possibly the rookie of the year in 2023. What a year this man has had. Uh, Elvis Brenner is going to have something to say about it come award season, but makes quick work of Pat Sabatini, gets him out of there in the first round. The man with the hair, getting over like Rover. I thought this is, I even said on the watch party heading in, I'm like, I think this is a brilliant piece of matchmaking right now. I think the UFC matchmakers know something. They know Pat's a tough guy, but they feel like Diego Lopez, they got something with him. That's why he's in that spot. They're seeing he's getting over. Let's try to build him up a little bit. And boy, they nailed it with this one. Lopez goes in there and gets a big finish. I saw a lot of suggestions for just give him a top 15 guy, and I'm not really opposed to that. I think he called out Bryce Mitchell, and that would be something to behold, but I don't think Bryce Mitchell takes that fight right now. So I landed with a guy who is a vet. He's a tough fighter. Uh, is a tough out for pretty much anybody, but at least he's a name that at least feels like a step up that, some mid-level fans in terms of casual and hardcore appeal. I think everybody in that spot sort of knows who this guy is. I would Diego Lopez versus Alexander Hernandez, AK. 145 pounds, a guy who's probably like a top 30, 45-er. It's a nice just name-building sort of step. You know what I mean? And then if he goes and beats a guy like Hernandez who has a win over guys like Darius, so forth and so on, then we can try to get him into there to the top 15. So I don't think we need to rush him too quickly, but I think Hernandez is like in terms of name value is a step up from Sabatini, maybe not from a skill set perspective, but I think at least from name value, that's, that's a good next step for him. Yeah. They need to move Lopez, handle Lopez the right way because they have a guy who's a legitimate, like uh, could be a name, could be a name for them. Um, it reminds you a little bit of the, the path run with Diego Lopez. And he's had a great rookie year. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, the path we've talked about him, rookie in the UFC, is similar. His path is similar to Armand Sarukian in a way, in that he had this. He came in on short notice, took this super tough fight, really impressed in that fight, didn't win. But then you know you you see something that you can sort of bounce back and give them good matchups to, to showcase them. They're very different as far as experience goes. Diego Lopez has a ton, had a ton of experience coming to the UFC. Sarukian had some, but is. You know, was still generally considered a prospect, like an actual MMA prospect. Um, again, while Lopez might be a UFC prospect, but is in the thick of his career, he's in the prime of his career. You are seeing the uh, sort of the best version of Diego Lopez right now. He's going to get incrementally better, but this is this is what you get. So that matchup makes a lot of sense, Mike. Because um, I'm, I'm not 
shooting him up the rankings. He's he's not like in my top twenty five of featherweights right now. It's just such a deep division. There's some name if people want to throw him in there, I get it. But I have him behind guys like Jack Shore, uh, uh, what was up there? Some veteran guys, Daniel Pineda, Damon Jackson, Hakeem Dawadu. You can make a case to put him above all those guys. Go ahead. I'm not there yet. Uh, so my pick is really boring, but I want to give him someone who is ahead of him just because he's beaten some guys with bigger names or yeah, with bigger names, I'd say. So I've gone with Muhammad Naimov. He scored a win recently. He's 2-0, and I think, now in the UFC. So UFC experience is similar. Uh, again, give me one more win from Lopez before I start going really crazy and looking at like top 20 guys. But I think after Saturday's performance, UFC, great job putting him as the main card opener. I know people want to see big things right away. Wouldn't surprise me if he gets it. I'm not. I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, as as Jed likes to say, there's no wrong way to eat these Reese's. But give him Hernandez. Then I like you know we go to the Dan Ige, Sadiq Yusuf level, and then we go to like an Edson Barboza level, and then we just kind of go from there. But let's get one more in there before we start talking about some of those big names because I really do feel like they have something with this guy, and uh, let's just keep the fire burning. Just like the show, AK, let's go to the wild card round. We will select one fighter we have not match made for yet. We will match make for them right now. So go ahead and make your wild card pick. I'll make mine, and then I will claim an not no point. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, I'm wondering if we pick the same fighter. Though maybe not, because I have previously said on multiple shows that this fighter is banned. But I was so enthused about Lupi Godin's win over Tabitha Ricci. Uh, she looked really good. It wasn't like a blowout, but I thought it was a very convincing win. And we don't need to go in on Brian Miner's 30-27 Ricci scorecard any more than we all did on social media and uh, probably on post-show. I, doesn't, I haven't listened to this post-show yet. I assume it was mentioned. Brian Miner had himself a night. 30-27 oh. uh, <laughs> Ricci, 10-8 round two for uh which fight for uh Sadikov and Borschev just madness and what was the other one oh he had uh Mackenzie Dern after yeah, round one. that might have been and the that, most egregious card of all he doesn't know who these women are that's my honestly that's my only or or, or, or and I think he didn't know the Sadikov and Borschev either that's my only explanation is that he he thought he thought uh, Ricci was Godinez and Godinez Ricci he thought Dern and Andraj got them mixed up he got Borschev and Sadikov mixed up well, no, the Borsha Sadikov one, sorry, that doesn't explain that. That's just, he just doesn't want to just, do 10 eights yeah. ever, I guess. 10 eights don't exist in his mind. I don't know. But the two women's fights, I'm convinced he doesn't know who's who. It, it is the, the Ricci one actually seems less egregious now than the 10 9 Dern. Oh, yeah. I, I have sure. no idea. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, so, uh, I don't, again, let's not dwell on Brian Miner. He had a really rough night. I don't want to see him judging a. MMA card anywhere anytime soon. Lupi Godinez, I we previously banned her because it's like impossible to predict when she's gonna fight, but I want to see her in Toronto. This is selfish. I will be in Toronto, I'll be covering that event. UFC 297. Lupi, if you're if you're not injured, make another quick turnaround for us and fight the winner of next week's Luana Pinero Amanda Hibas bout. So uh the other one I considered was could she fight Jessica Andraj? I don't know, Mike, if you thought about that at all. I did think about that. Okay. Um, I ultimately went a different direction. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, I don't have one wild card pick. Ooh. I have two. And they just happen to be in the same from the same fight card. <laughs> They're gonna fight against one another. Uh it is Lupi Godinez. No, she is not going to fight Jessica Andrade, but 
She's going to fight the woman Jessica Andrade finished. We're going to do Lopi Godinez versus Mackenzie Dern, AK. Whoa. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Whoa. That's not happening in Toronto. No, I don't know. If we're... <laughs> Mackenzie, take, take, Mackenzie take a break. did not come back in two months. <laughs> Look, here's what you need to do, okay? When Alexa Grasso comes back and you do Grasso Shevchenko 3, and I feel like that's what they're going to do, you put Lupi on the same card. And you put Diego Lopez on the card as well. Like you just have to, this, this is the time there's rumors about possibly going to Mexico city first quarter, 2024. I don't know what the, the deal is at this point, but um, yeah, Lupi and, and Grasso should be on the same card. That's what we need. Lupi's Lupi's got to be a little more picky now. You know, she's going to be, a, she's going to be a, a top 10 fighter. So the stakes have changed a little bit for Lupi Godin. As I'm not saying take a year off, but I think McKenzie would be back one of those first quarter pay-per-views. I think we could see that happening. So yeah, let's get loopy McKenzie Dern and let's see if she can get, see if she can get there. She's earned a shot at somebody like that. Damn. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. And, and you're right. And the thing is McKenzie Dern, I, we always talk about is a, is a really high level athlete. Like we always talk about athleticism being a cheat code. I think she's kind of underrated as, I don't know. Maybe she's not underrated. People know, right? People know Mackenzie Dern's a plus athlete. Anyway, so yeah, if anyone can recover from something like that quickly and turn around, she can. I kind of just hope she doesn't. I want to see her take some time off. I want to see her. I know she lost, uh, you know, her gym. She, she talked about Ruka Gym a lot. I know it closed down. So hopefully she can settle in with another another team uh, that can really help her just shore up some of these weaknesses. Um, n- not to hate on her current team, whoever does that prepared her for this fight, but. It, it whatever happened, it just wasn't. She just isn't where she needs to be to fight that level of competition. Speaking of Jessica Andrade, so Loopy would be a great lit, litmus test, and hopefully before that, like I said, we get the best version of Mackenzie Dern because I just didn't feel like we necessarily got that on Saturday with respect to um, Jessica Andrade. And shout out to Brian Miner for giving me hope that I that I might have cashed a plus one forty Tabitha Ricci ticket because I heard third twenty seven Ricci. I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm, I'm going to steal this one. Like it might happen. I'm I might steal a plus one forty ticket here. And then uh, I was like, all right, hold up. Can I adjust Garrett our pal Garrett Clemens screaming in the comments? Yes, uh, I saying know. Ricci. Uh, Garrett, the second round wasn't a knockdown for Ricci. You should know that, right? It was a there was a clash of heads. It was not scored a knockdown. You can go check UFCStats.com. It's not a knockdown. If you think the round was close enough that Ricci, I mean, I don't even think you could. I think Loopy pretty clearly won round two, except for that clash of heads at the end that knocked her down. And the first round, if you want to talk about Ricci's knockdown, uh, Loopy knocked her down earlier. So if the, if you want to cancel out the knockdowns, again, Loopy did more in round one, round two, round three, maybe you give it to Ricci, but that's about it. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe watch the fight again. Maybe I need to watch the fight again. I don't know. But it seemed pretty clear Loopy win to me. Yeah. I, I feel like Loopy won. Even as somebody who was holding a, a Ricci ticket, who would have been happy if Ricci got the decision? Because <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I don't feel like I deserved that one. So, but I had a good, I had a really good betting night. I did really well. I think I'm, I think it was up like almost nine units overall. So I was pretty happy with with how everything played out from that perspective. But it's nice I don't have to place another. I mean, look, my wagers are tiny. It's basically just for entertainment purposes. But yeah, it feels good when you come out with a nice bit of victory from that perspective. So with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, we're going to go to you guys in a minute, but I'm going to go ahead and, and claim an no points. Uh, as we saw last night, first thing I thought of during the watch party, we got some more bouts announced for UFC 297. And this is a fight that I suggested. And after I actually saw it with my own eyes, I was like, yes, I got an no point. And then two seconds later, I was like, oh, no. Why did I do this? Why did I put this out into the universe? Because this could go really, really bad. Um, Carl Solberg versus Dominic Reyes going down UFC 297. <laughs> I'm on the board. I knew it sounded familiar. I knew it. I was like, I because it raised my eyebrow when I saw it, but I was like, didn't someone? Didn't this someone guy. I, didn't someone I know and love make this <laughs> pick? And sure enough. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, I still think that's like, Matchup wise, obviously a terrible fight for, uh, for Dom- Dominic Reyes versus anyone with like knockout power. I get it. it's just people are just dreading it. It feels like the chin and the defensive instincts might just be gone. But if he beats Oldberg, and I feel like I've said this for the last two like Dominic Reyes fights, if he wins, it puts him right up there back in the rankings, back in the top twenty. I don't know where people have him now. I'm, I'm sure he's fell precipitously. Is he ranked in the UFC rankings. ranking? No, 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 no. I, that would shock me. If he, I'll check now. I, I he's definitely not, not in our rankings. Uh, he's definitely not in our rankings. I have him. Oh god, right, light heavyweight sucks. I actually have him over certain people that he's beaten. I'm gonna check UFC.com real quick. I'm gonna check yeah. real quick. I, I, I think he might still be in there. I'm curious. Light heavyweight is not good. It's not good. Um, it's very top heavy. He is thir- You know what? I I stand. He's thirteen. He is thirteen. I knew it. I freaking. And again, as crazy as that sounds to people, you just have to look at the other names. There's like so Alonzo Menafield. He's above Alonzo Menafield and Dustin Jacoby, and you could probably put those guys above him. But I think with Dominic, it's tough because he has wins over notable names. They just feel so long ago now. He's lost four straight. So I don't. I'm not like. I don't think top fifteen is absurd based on who he's beaten but based on recent form i mean he's barely top 25 right so i don't know i don't disagree with the ufc i but uh, yeah it's 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 rough to say this guy's a top 15 light heavyweight right now but if he beats Olberg, yeah no, argu- no arguing with it there it's good matt it's good matchmaking like it could go really bad and we could, there's a there's a world we could see dominic reyes unconscious in the octagon again and that's just kind of a sad world to live in considering most people thought he beat john jones and if he had won the title, what would his career look like right now? Like everything has just gone just horribly wrong for him since the Jones fight in so many ways, career-wise. So, but I think at this point, after where he was at, if you can't beat Carl Solberg, I don't know how much more he can he can do here, honestly. But at least a competitive they, loss, right? Like, what if like a fight of the night? If he gives us like a fight yeah. of the night, then I'm like, you know, Dominic. I mean, he'll probably st- he'll probably still depending where he is contract wise, like let's say it was the last fight of his contract. I don't know what his contract status is. They probably don't bring him back if he loses, even if it's a fight of the night performance, but that doesn't mean he can't have, you know, continue his MMA career elsewhere. So, yeah. I mean, we're, we have dwindling options now. Seriously. Who knows what's going on with Bellator. They are just a friggin' mess right now. Uh, curious if the sale actually goes through. 
it's gonna be uh it's gonna be an interesting couple of months for the pfl bellator stuff for sure uh all right so for the next 12 to 15 minutes it's all you guys so throw your matchmaking suggestions please keep it to fighters who competed last night and we'll put them up on the screen sometimes we just get random matchmaking suggestions um but let's not do that bring it on uh, they're coming Jayfish. in they're coming in fast and furious yes. mike Diego Lopez, Billy Q, Mafravola, Elvis Brenner, uh, Rebetsky versus Terrence McKinney. Jeez, I love the Rebetsky Terrence McKinney idea. Yuri versus Anthony Smith. What do you think about Yuri versus Anthony Smith? What do you think what... about Pereira versus Anthony Smith? Now, Why trust me, him? because they I've seen, I've been continue the to articles. say a bunch of crap yeah, yeah. about each other. I, I've been reading MMAfighting.com. I've seen the back and forth, yeah. And let me just say, because everyone's going to be like, oh, you're an idiot. Why would you ever say that? <laughs> This would cert- this would just be a listen. We need to keep Pereira going right now. We need to keep him busy, like kind of a thing. Like he's got a fight on this pay per view. Like we need something here. Anthony Smith. Th- there's at least headliney things that they can go to with both guys saying things to one another. Look, we live in a world where Michael Bisbing defended the middleweight title against Dan Henderson. So this is not out of the realm of possibility. It'd be Anthony Smith last style shot. People like Anthony Smith. It would make no sense from a meritocratic perspective, but. The UFC makes plenty of fights of that nature. So could Anthony Smith be in the mix for either of these two guys? I Oh, for Yuri, yeah. For Yuri, I think Yuri makes a ton of sense. I think Yuri makes a ton of sense. And Anthony Smith has been with the UFC long enough. He can talk his way into – and he's coming off a win, right? So he can talk – he can he can angle for one of those big fights. Um, if you're Yuri, you know – Anthony Smith's a guy with a name. He's fought for the UFC title. Um, he's not nobody. He's been in the top 15 for some time. So Yuri very likely actually like that suggestion. I'm a little embarrassed. I didn't even consider it. Um, I like that suggestion a lot. I don't love Alex Padetta and Anthony Spill. The chatter is great. I just don't love that. Happening. Yeah. It's a stay busy fight. That's literally what it would be. Sure. Um, just if, like if Jamal Hill is not going to be out fighting till August, like, you know, let prayer fight Anthony Smith and then he can go fight Jamal. Uh, speaking of Jamal, Jamal Emmers versus uh, Jose Mariscal. Uh, Matush Gamrot, or excuse me, Matush Rebetschke versus Ladova Klein, like those. Uh, first time, long time. Uh, welcome to the party, pal. Uh, Alex versus Hill, Aspidal versus Jones, Andrade versus Marina Rodriguez. That's right. BSD versus RDA, not going to happen. He's RDA is a welterweight. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's not, not going. He's not fighting at 55. I don't know why he's ranked at 55. It makes no sense to me. Uh, Lopez versus Caceres. I feel like Lopez versus Caceres is a popular pick. I saw a few, I saw a few people mention that. I saw that popping up in the comments. It's not bad. I, I think it makes sense. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh. What do you Emers got? versus – oh, you're the one you just put on the screen. Emers versus Brendan Lochnane. I guess the assumption that Lochnane is going to come over to the UFC at some point. I don't know. Finally? <laughs> what a storyline that would be uh it, if he were to come over that would i don't even want to say that'd be a great introductory fight though that is i guess that's how the ufc would treat him they'd be like you got to prove yourself kid you got to prove yourself you got to fight jamal emmers josh fan versus tyson nam just for the it sounds nice it sounds rolls off the tongue really well van good hashtag van right nam. there yeah hashtag van nam. um i like this question but we will do that at the end okay the ranking of the MSG shows. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I didn't think about it. Rematch the last two fights of the night. Uh, Rebeski versus Jared Gordon. Don't know about that. Rebeski versus Drew Dober is the fight. Don't waste Rebeski's time with unranked guys. But no, the problem is like nobody. I think we need to build him up a little bit. Yes. Like he doesn't have a real 
impressive victory on the old resume right now. Oh, shots fired. I mean, you're not wrong, but I'm saying you're firing shots. He has like it he feels like a guy that's going to be a player, but just not he like we all I thought he was going to finish Nick Fiore in his debut. Did not manage to do it. Cuz Nick's not a human being. <laughs> yes, this is true. Uh, Louis Ratzibov got to finish there. That was nice. That kind of got him back on track. And then he had, he fights a, a, Bruce, a Roosevelt Roberts, who I feel like took this fight just to get his foot back into the UFC. Again, less than a week's notice. Not not Rebe- not Rebeski's fault. Not his fault at all. He fights who he's booked against. He took care of. He did what he's supposed to do against following that. Took him out inside of a round. Totally dominated up until that point. Um, but those three wins to me don't say like, okay, we have a contender for sure. Nine, uh, 16 consecutive victories overall, like including pre UFC fights. Amazing, amazing. It looks glossy, it looks great. He's in his prime. This guy's not a prospect. This is a guy who's a, in his prime right now, but um, I think he's not at the point yet where he's guaranteed to get a ranked guy, unfortunately. Unfortunately, so I like this suggestion, but it's not, it's not time yet. I love the McKinney idea, that's a great idea. Yeah, that sounds about right. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Rebeski versus Turner, Thomas versus the shortest lightweight. I love that. Uh, a lot of Lopez versus Leroy's, uh, Santini versus Money Moicano. I guess I think it's possible that Santini, Money Moicano, Gamrot, they're out there in some some form or fashion. Uh, this is a popular one I saw last night Jalen Turner oh, yeah. versus Benoit Santini, but I just don't know if Jalen Turner is going to be a lightweight anymore. Right, right. I think last time Mass made for him at welterweight, but. If he can find a way to still make it, I mean, Jalen Turner is still a player at 155 for sure. Why is no one saying Alex to go up to heavyweight and fight Tom? Oh, please. Not now. <laughs> no. We're trying. Like, I want 2024 Triple to champ, be the year. Of, I want 2024 to be the year of stay in your own weight class and fight people in your division. No, and it's not. He had trouble with uh, Jan Blakovich taking him. And Jan Blakovich is a good wrestler. But imagine Jan Blakovich plus 30 pounds. Alex Panetta would not have won that fight would not if he does not beat heavyweight Jan Blachowicz and there's a lot of guys at heavyweight who can wrestle and who can take him down um he'd be competitive but even like honestly even at like a Sergei Spivak I feel like would be a very tough matchup for Alex Panetta at heavyweight it's a, it's a big size difference guys it's a big sirens from from 205 to 265. Andrade Hibas at either 115 or 125 yeah uh, that's I guess it's a magic wand pick we're assuming it's true Hibas wins sure sure Thoughts on Benoit Santini versus Gregor Gillespie? No. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, uh, I'm here to tell you, uh, Greg Gillespie's not fighting Benoit Santini. That, that's not going to happen. Like, if the reason Gregor has not fought, at least it, from what he said, is he's not going to fight anybody that's ranked behind him. He wanted, like, a Tony Ferguson fight the la- after the last one. He was offered main events against Armin Sarukian before Sarukian fought Gamrot. And... I think he's happy just kind of like fishing and living the outdoorsman life until something comes his way that he wants to do. And I can assure you, uh, I don't think Benoit Santini is that dude. That's gonna be like, Oh, you know what? I'm ready to come back. I'm ready to make that money and fight this absolute killer. So I would, would love to see it. I'm just not hopeful. That's what we see next. Coming off the couch to fight Benoit Santini sounds insane to me. That is stay on the that, lake, that's how dude. you get hurt. Stay that on is the how lake. you get hurt. Yeah, that's Keep how fishing. you get hurt, dude. Uh, what's next for Jared Gordon? AK, I'm super happy for him. I said on the pre fight show, I told people watch for that fight. That was my low key banger. Um, because I, I thought Jared Gordon was due his New York moment, you know. Um, mm-hmm. the 
the storylines in MMA typically are not that tidy. We see people get those, that hometown fight all the time, and it just doesn't work out. But but this felt right. It felt like the right matchup. Mark Madsen, all the props in the world to him for what he's done in, in his MMA career so far. But he he got he got off to a late start. You know, he's almost forty. I think he'll be forty next year. Um, plus the wear and tear from years of amateur wrestling, years of international wrestling, that dude did the Olympics. If if it came down to a war of attrition, that's just not a fight he was going to win against Jared Gordon. It didn't really come down to that, but uh, I I just liked uh, the advantages that Jared Gordon had going to this one. So great for him. Where can he go now? I mean, he should get Patty after Patty beats um, Tony Ferguson. Get to run that one back. So there you go, guys. That's the next step for Patty. Uh, Gordon versus the Bobby Green, Dan Hooker loser? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, again, that win for Jared Gordon. I know Mark Mats is not like a top thirty guy or whatever, but it just it's it sells him so well to the UFC. They gave him this platform. They said, well, "You're from New York. We want you to to show us what you can do." Uh, we know you've been with the company for a while, but you're still been missing that signature moment. And you know, there it was. So yeah, you can get that fight. I mean, BSD for Grant Austin Dern going up to one twenty five to fight Lemos, and then Aspinall versus Cody Garbrandt. I didn't vet that one. Uh, well played, sir. Well played. What else we got? What else we got? What else we got? Uh, oh, how about this? UFC 300, Gordon versus Jim Miller. I like it, but I feel like for Jim Miller, I mean, he just has to be on the card. I understand it doesn't really matter who he fights. I still want him to fight like another, I don't know, like a bigger name. Someone who's almost not <laughs> I was in nearly as tenured as he is. Nobody's close right now. But I feel like there should be a bigger name. But if Jared Gordon wants that, he should he should start to calling for it. BSD versus the Benny Armin loser. I yeah, Maybe. 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 They know they have something with with BSD. Depends. If they go to Paris, they'll probably want to give him a big fight. So, Yes. Uh, someone said the highlight of the watch party was Parker Porter. And you know what? I'm not here to argue with you because it was. The GOAT. The, yeah. We had to get extra time with him. Actually, I think the highlight of – honestly, I think the highlight of the watch party was me nailing the prediction of the autographed card. So he GC had two a box of Chronicles. He shook it for me. I was like, all right, I have a pick. And he shook it for me, and I said, Arini Aldana. And then I was like, shake it again, and I said, Charles Jordan. Uh, we did not get Charles Jordan, but Arini Aldana got the auto. Out of all the names in the world, I pick Arini Aldana, and he gets an Arini Aldana autograph. How did in you the do box. that? How did you do that? It's the second time I've done it. It's the That's second time scary. I've done it. It's super weird. That's a little scary. It's super weird. Mike, I don't but... mess with witchcraft, bro. Yeah, I don't That's know what's cool going on here. You're from Massachusetts. You know of all, the, all that Salem shit. Come on, you can't be. <laughs> you can't be messing around with that. Yeah, I, I don't want to do that. That's not good yeah. stuff. Parker Poor is the friggin' man, though. That was that was super fun. Anytime there's a heavyweight like co-main event, he's gonna be on. Yes. He was doing the show with his kids, like who were watching the fights. <laughs> he's on for Tom Aspinall versus Sergey Pavlovich, and the children fall asleep. Like they were asleep the whole time, and he was. <laughs> He was going crazy. Like he was yelling. He was he was losing his mind, and his kids slept through all of it. That's impressive. That is super impressive. So, thanks, Parker Porter. Well done. Well done. All right, I think we're done here. Um, let me just pull something up very very quickly, and then we will discuss what is going to happen next week. I am very excited because the next time, the next time that I fly out here. And I made you this before. I'm going to go back and listen to the 2023 prediction show and start taking notes because we got to prepare for the 2024 prediction show, which it's coming real quick. So basically what we're going to say is um, 
and I think I did this last year. I, mean, I already have submissions coming in for the show. We are going to do to kick off 2024 um, our prediction show. It's basically just buy sell questions, but like interesting questions. And then we do like sort of a champions predictions at the end of the year. And then we have like a bold take that we have to make out. It's just like super bold and probably won't happen. But if you got like good buy sell questions that you want answered as far as heading into 2024, send those submissions in like you would submit your matchmaking suggestions. We'll tally them up. I've already collected probably a dozen of them because people send them throughout the year. And there's some doozies already. But just however you submit your matchmaking picks, you can do that here. And we will take matchmaking picks next week. Normal podcast. We won't be live next week. We'll be live again after UFC 296 uh, on December 17th. Because, ladies and gentlemen, and I know you're excited about this based on all of the suggestions and comments. The UFC back at the apex. They're back at the hallowed apex. And perhaps, depending on who you ask, and if it's lineage, and maybe I'll have to text Brennan Allen and see what he thinks about this. Possibly the middleweight middleweight title on the line. A man who won the middleweight middleweight title but may not actually qualify for it anymore. Brennan Allen taking on a guy who probably doesn't qualify for this title at all. Paul Craig, <laughs> Captain Chaos himself. Uh, Jake Matthews, Michael Morales. On this card, is this Vegas 82 or 83, AK? Do you know? I believe it's 82. 82, okay. Uh, Jordan Levitt versus Chase Hooper. Peyton Talbot versus Nick Aguirre. Uh, Amanda Hibas, Luana Pinheiro. Euros Medic versus Johnny Parsons. Jesus Christ. That fight's going to be nuts. Uh, Cesar Almeida versus Christian Leroy Duncan. Nicholas Mota versus Trey Ogden. Lucy Pudilova, Eileen Perez. Mick Parkin versus Kayo Machado. I like this Jonathan Pierce, Joe Anderson, Brito fight. Chad and Elliger versus Jose Johnson. Charles Johnson versus Rafael Estebam. And Lucas Alexander versus Jekka uh, Saragi. That's UFC Vegas 82. It's a card. Mike, we forgot to answer the UFC. We do this real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. MSG cards. MSG cards. I'm not going to go the whole list. I'll just say the top three. Uh, it's hard to beat 205, 217, 205, of course, McGregor Alvarez. Um, just the magic of the first trip back to uh, to the state of New York and the first card in New York City at Madison Garden. But I'll go 217 over that. A little Canadian bias. You know, GSP, St. Pierre. Uh, GSP, uh, GSP comes back. Uh, sorry, beats Michael Bisping. The Dillashaw, Garbrandt. Uh, this was the first fight, I believe. I won't say this was the first fight. And then, am I crazy? This was the... First, first fight. fight yes and then uh rose and Joanna, just amazing stuff so uh that to me would be number one i'll go 205 next and then mm -hmm. 268 this was a really good card usman covington to uh rose and jang uh gosh i don't know why i bring this up right frankie getting his face kicked off uh and uh, uh burgos quarantillo and gaichi chandler both bangers so there you go. yeah that is oh, no, that burgos quarantillo kind of disappointed i think right but i don't know gaichi chandler was a what are you kidding me but burgos quarantillo was the one with the grappling no, no, that fight was awesome. Was it just happened. It just they bumped. It was unfortunate for those guys because they bumped Chandler and Gaethje uh. to the first fight of the <laughs> night. Just Trevor Whitman had to coach See? like every fighter in the main card, and so C Billy yeah. Q and Shane Burgos had to follow Gaethje Chandler. Yeah. And at that point, like we we're all the adrenaline rush from Gaethje Chandler is like impossible right. to like keep up that pace. But go back, just go back and watch I, that fight, I and forgot. you're gonna be like, holy shit! Yeah. Like that fight's ridiculous. It I was forgot. a great fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I like that list. Um this is right up there though. 
This oh right yeah, I wasn't even counting this. Yes, I mean this has this has to be up there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I meant the previous events. This probably has a crap yeah. at the top. Two hundred five is number one though. Two hundred five stuff. Oh, you go number one. Yeah, the cl- the, the classic. The yeah, I mean that was like the perfect event. Mm. Like everything that needed to happen happened, and we got the Habib coming out party on the freaking prelims. Connor pitches the perfect game. Like everything about that card just hit. Uh, the only other disappointing thing was. The only real disappointing thing is Chris Weidman's like fighting an MSG. He's like, he was like the face of all of this in a lot of respects and he's fighting Yoel Romero and it looks like he's up two rounds and he gets flying need. Oh man. It was just so, it was just such a crazy moment. Am I, am I underrating 281? Izzy Pera to um, Pera wins the title. Zhang just runs through Carla. Which we, uh, yeah, kind Corey of takes out Chandler. I, I, Frankie Edgar dying again. I don't know why this kept happening. This Dan, yeah, so Dan hilarious. Hooker, Claudio Playoff. That was hilarious. That was yeah. hilarious. That fight was just funny. Uh, yeah, that was just nice a finish. weird card. Yeah, that was a good card. Maybe we're underrating. I don't think it in, a, in a lot of res- yeah, in a lot of respects, I think two eighty one kind of planted seeds for what twenty twenty three was was going to become. Yes, yes, true for better or worse. Two thirty probably the worst one, right? Oh yeah, that was yeah. really okay. bad. The they cobbled that thing together. Two forty four was not bad. Um, I mean, the co main of it was terrible. The Gaslam Darren Till fight. We got Mazadal Diaz, which was like, I mean, it was scenes. They had the BMF title and the friggin' rocks there, and I mean, that was wild. Donald Trump was there as the sitting president at the time, which was pretty insane. So. Yeah, a lot of history at MSG. This card feels like 10 years ago. Kevin Lee knocked out Gillespie with a head kick. Corey Anderson is still in the UFC. Runs through Johnny Walker. Ed Mishabazin was still in our... Oh, man. Ed Derek Lewis Derek Lewis won a split decision on that card. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, man. Damn. Absolutely insane. And we got... Uh, th- that was sort of the beginning of the Makwan Americani let's live bet if it gets out of the first round kind of a thing because... Bachwan had a good first round against Shane Burgos, and then Shane just kind of annihilated him the rest of the fight. So that was the beginning of the Makwan Amir Khani. Let's let's bet on him early, but if the fight gets into round two, we we bet against him in the live odds. But we're done, everybody. Thank you all very much. Back in normal form next week. So after UFC Vegas 82 comes to a close, uh, go ahead and submit your picks and Not a lot of shows left here. We'll do our recap, and then we'll do our predictions for 2024 um, to wrap up just this wild, chaotic 2023. So it is November already. So thank you all very much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a great week for AK. I'm Mike Cack. Remember the golden rule. Don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. And we'll have more fun right here. And on to the next one, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.